Good evening, y'all, and welcome to episode 100 of Mystery, Murder, and Mayhem. Now, I'm sure you've probably been wondering how, you know, this is only episode such and such. Let's say this one is just episode 100, when there's like 235 episodes altogether. Well, if you've been with me since the beginning, you already know this. But there for a while, I was doing the regular episode for Mystery, Murder, and Mayhem, which used to be Mystery, Murder, and Magic. Then there was the midweek mini that I would do on Wednesdays, uh, the weekend weird files on Saturdays, and then what, Friday on Friday night. And then recently, I cut it back down to just one episode a week, just because school has been a lot um just life has been a lot lately but um all of those other side shows i guess we can call them and updates and bonus episodes account for the amount of episodes that is currently published out there tonight's episode makes a total of 236 episodes so i feel like tonight's episode is a big milestone for the podcast the big 100 but moving on to tonight's episode, I'm going to call this one a palate cleanser because we've talked about a lot of deep, dark stuff lately. So just to clear everyone's minds, I'm going to do one that's a lot lighter. It's the story of a woman from here in South Carolina, and her name was Marie Boozer. And her story takes place back in the 1800s during the Civil War. It was long before social media reality tv or anything like that but it didn't keep marie from becoming one of the south's most talked about females some folks in this great state of South Carolina that call Marie's history notorious, but then there's others that call it legendary. But her fame back in her day was enough to make the Kardashians and the real real housewives jealous. Now, she was born as Mary Boozer in Newberry, South Carolina, but at some point in her life, she began calling herself Marie, and it stuck because just about anything you search for and, and find online it all calls her Marie. Now, Marie was this absolutely stunning woman. She was a pretty young woman, too, and she had this beautiful wheat-colored hair, big hazel eyes, rosy cheeks, and she was always the best dressed anywhere that she showed up. Now, it's been said that she's the daughter of her mother's second husband, Peter Burton, But her stepfather, which is Marie's mother's third husband, David Boozer, he adopted her and she took on his last name. Well, when Marie was a teenager, she and her mother moved from Newberry to Columbia, South Carolina. And this took place while General Sherman was occupying that area. Even Sherman, he wrote in his memoirs, 
about her, and he described her as beautiful. So, yes, yeah, she was quite a looker. But anyway, she and her mom moved down to Columbia in hopes to push Marie further up the social ladder. And her mom had these high hopes for her and would show her off to anybody that would look at her. Well, soon Marie's mom, and her name was Amelia, she decided that the best way for Marie to climb that social ladder would be with the Union Army. And like many other families, they left Columbia when the army marched northward, but pretty much destroying the city as they went. Because that was about the time that there was like the fall of Columbia. Now, I don't believe it was on the scale of when Sherman burned Atlanta, but you, you get what I'm saying. But now, of course, Marie and her mom, they didn't just march with the troops. They left the city in grand style near the front of all the civilians that were leaving. And they were riding in a very fashionable black carriage that was known as the beauty box. And that's when it all changed for Marie. And I should also mention here that Amelia, Marie's mother, she was quite the looker herself. Over the years, she married four times, being widowed widowed three of those times and she left her fourth husband back in Columbia when she and Marie decided to roll out with the troops. Well, Marie would become quite the Jezebel and people would still be talking about her for years after the Civil War ended. And she was the stuff that these days you see on supermarket tabloids. I mean, she's the stuff they were made of. Of course, they didn't have that back then, so you know they just had word of mouth but anyway the story goes that she was one of the women who went along with general kilpatrick during sherman's march through the carolinas in 1865 well kilpatrick had the reputation as being quite the ladies man but now of course he didn't become the ladies man until after his wife died in 1863 so after she passed away he was quite hot to trot well, he was such a ladies' man that it's been said that he was often seen during these marches with his feet hanging out of a carriage with his head resting on the lap of a female. Well, most of his female companions were by those days' standards the undesirable types. But historians have Marie Boozer and her mother in his camp of female companions. And it was noted that she was known to be with Kilpatrick when they traveled through the town of Lancaster, South Carolina, and they stayed at the home of a woman named Mrs. Brown and Mrs. Brown's daughters. Well, one of those women, either the daughters or Miss Brown, they wrote, probably in the diary, that, quote, General Kilpatrick occupied a front room in the second story. A woman, handsome and tall, who wore fine clothes, occupied a room opposite his. End quote. Well, another one wrote that Kilpatrick had a lot of attention, or he paid a lot of attention, to a woman who had came with him. And that woman is believed to have been Marie Boozer. But there's also a bunch of conflicting stories about where Marie was and, and when, you know, during the Civil War. And one such story was that while Kilpatrick and his troops were camped near what is now Fort Bragg, a cavalry combined from the troops of General Wade Hampton, General Matthew Butler, and General 
Joseph Wheeler decided to charge towards Kilpatrick's camp. And they were able to just sneak right up to it because the guards that were supposed to be on duty just weren't really on duty. Now, Kilpatrick heard the noise and he jumped out of the bed he was sleeping in in a house there in that area and he ran outside wearing only his night shirt. Well, he was trying to save his own life, so he jumped on a horse and he was wearing only his underwear to escape and that earned him the nickname of Shirttail Skedaddle. It just so happens that while he was still in that house, he wasn't alone. He had the company of a female, and it's believed that the female was Marie Boozer. Now, Marie, she was quite distracting to the troops, too. And she was so distracting that General Sherman got tired of his troops being engrossed with her beauty, so he ordered her to leave. So poor Marie gathered her belongings, got on this small steamer ship, and she headed north. And once she was there, she ended up marrying a very successful, rich businessman named John S. Beecher. But that marriage didn't last long because she found out that he'd been fooling around, and she divorced him soon after they were married. Well, from there, she left America altogether, and she ended up in France, where she caught the eye of a French nobleman and she became a countess. So it seems that Marie had finally reached the rung on the social ladder that her mom had been pushing her for. And she settled down with that count, and she passed away either in 1908 or 1909 in Italy. And it's been rem- rumored that her body was brought back to Rock Hill, South Carolina, and buried in an unmarked grave. But now, I don't know that that's true. Like I said, it's been rumored. Now, there's quite a lot of other colorful tales out there about Marie, too, and most of them are just tales, mind you. One tale says that she was captured by one of the sons of Brigham Young and taken all the way out to California. And once she was there, the U.S. Cavalry had to come and rescue her. And another one of those legends says that she was favored by a Zulu war chief who discovered that she was cheating on him. So he had her killed. He shrunk her head. And he wore it like a pendant on a necklace. But perhaps the most colorful of all of those was the legend that Marie was a concubine for or with an Asian warlord who had the tendons in her feet cut off. Now, I couldn't find why that supposedly happened, like why he did that to her. But um, he had the tendons in her feet cut. And because of that, she swelled up so big that she weighed 300 pounds and had to be carried around on pillows by eunuchs. Now, you know, those tales are pretty hard to believe, but it's known that Marie was a flirt. And by today's standards, I'm sure in real life, she was pretty just pretty tame. Well, y'all, that's all I have for tonight's episode. I know it was short and bland compared to most of my episodes lately but you know like i said we needed that palette cleanse because it has been pretty deep and dark and when i came across some news articles on my feed on facebook about marie boozer i thought well, you know what that would make a pretty good interesting story so there you go anyway y'all have a good night have a good week and y'all don't forget to come back next week for a new episode and it'll probably be something deep and dark good night